This is the Andres Segovia Show. All right, now we are rolling. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Andres Segovia Show. I'm your host, Andres Segovia. Uh, today, I am joined by a, um, a special guest who was, who I believe you're a co-host or, or a regular host on uh, the Critical Introvert Show. Uh, Nate, by all means, introduce yourself to the crowd that doesn't know you yet. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on, Andres. Uh, I know I mispronounced your name last time when we were. No, you, you said it right. I thought I said Andreas uh, last time. Yeah, uh, that's still right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. But yeah, my name's Nate Cap, and I'm an independent researcher and seeker of truth. And I'm a teacher of natural and moral law. And I'm just trying to help end slavery um, in people's minds and people's hearts and uh, move in the direction of freedom and that's what my work is all about so mm. well that is uh what's the powerful intro because just for disclosure folks the first time i met nate was on the critical introvert show and that's literally the only time we ever uh talked uh, both before and after the recording session but uh, there were there were things that nate you said during the show and and then when we talked a, a little bit after that resonated with me so i'm like you know what? i gotta pick his brain a little bit because i think it will serve for great conversations especially as you say slaves to the mind and what we're seeing play out before our very eyes because of what i call social media engineering not just social engineering that is happening and how this was uh, quite literally um like taken to the next level or amplified or in some way accelerated because people were forced into their into their homes two years ago for the pandemic and the only way for them to have a window outside their their place in some cases where you don't have a physical window was literally a screen and right. and we have seen the effects of that uh that have taken over our, our country so before we we talk about current uh, social issues that I believe we are going to address, I, I have to ask what what inspired you to do what you're doing now. Well, that's a very loaded question, but to simplify it, I had multiple awakenings where you know I recognize the inconsistencies in our government. I recognize that. We have been lied to about so many things and, you know, through media and uh, other religious institutions and also uh, our uh, public schooling institutions. And I recognized a lot of, you know, I, I actually started off as a conspiracy theorist, as people would like to uh, call me as a derogatory name just for looking into things. And as I did that, I really just knew that there was something way off about this world and about the structure of the system that we're in. And I decided um, that I had to do some really deep research and try to get to the bottom of why things are the way that they are. And so then I got into some really deep, dark information mm. um, that really helped open my eyes to 
uh, a place where I was very naive and thought like, oh, you know, everybody's just uh, trying their best and, you know, uh, everybody's just doing what they need to be doing and no one really needs to do anything, just vote and everything will be much better. But of course, I learned very quickly that that is definitely not the case and that we are sovereign beings uh, on this planet that are supposed to be free. We're supposed to be the sovereign beings that we were uh, born to be. And once I recognized that, it, I I started to understand that I have a moral obligation to um, to take it to to not only take in lots of information to assemble my grammar and understand what it is that I'm looking at the information that I'm looking at, but then mm-hmm. uh, you know spread this type of information to the world so people have a higher chance of coming across information that can help them take back their sovereignty and become you know, moral responsible beings and align to the, uh, the laws of, of nature that will, you know, help us live harmonious instead of living, you know, separate in our minds and manifesting that separation outwardly to other people. And that's why, you know, we see so much war and that's why we see so much, you know, aggression towards each other because we don't understand what's going on between our ears. Hmm. And that was also, you know, part of my awakening is finding out like, oh, there's actually something more to our human being uh, it, uh, by understanding our brain and understanding consciousness and furthering our awareness to uh, you know, what's actually taking place within us. And so, you know, I went on my inner journey and, you know, I still am and I, I will till the end of time. Mm. And, um, you know, I just know that things are really, really out of control. And I know that starting podcasts and video casts is one of the best ways to get this information out there and really help people see what's truly happening. And, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of work. It's something that, you know, I never really wanted. I never wanted to do what I'm doing. I just mm-hmm. feel morally charged to do this because I know that we are all connected. I know that we are all bound, um, you know, to the same principle in nature and, um, you know, we have to recognize, we have to have, a, a, you know, a collective awakening of what is truly going on to really reunite ourselves and, um, you know, find, find peace and find, you know, some kind of uh, middle ground to where we can all, you know, instead of just button heads and, and fighting, uh, we can, you know, um, we can coexist. find peace. Yeah, we can coexist. And it's, I, I realized that, you know, the more that I became peaceful inwardly, the more that my surroundings became peaceful. And, 
that is to me um, very powerful to realize because it's like uh, what Gandhi said, you know, be the change that you wish to see. So mm. I became the change that I wish to see in the world and, uh, and I continue to do so. And I also see the people around me starting to awaken, starting to, I mean, some people are really, you know, low domes and they can't really, you know, they don't want to hear anything that, people like me have to say, but then, um, you know, people, people, uh, you know, you, 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 you might become isolated like I have and, uh, people start to, you know, it feels like people are, uh, it feels like you're pushing people away at first, but really it's that you are just, um, you know, for me in my personal experience, it's because I, just recognized that to live in right action in the world, most people are not going to align with that and they are going to run away and it's going to be a very um, tough process to get through to them. But as you become the leader that you wish, you know, that, that you want to be and lead yourself through life, then people start to gravitate towards that and they want to be their own leader. You know, I mean, that's, that's the goal. The goal is to help people become their own leaders. And, um, you know, I see that a little bit in my life and I'm very thankful that I see it because had, I, had, had I not, uh, it would be a very lonely place and I would totally be, um, hopeless, <laughs> uh, to say the least, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, very, uh, you know, to my, my awakening has just been uh, all over the place. I mean, there's this, there's so many things I could get into that have awakened me to, uh, do what I'm doing right now. So. No, and, and I do respect that because, um, more people in the political sphere, those uh, those that are more on the conservative or even a more right leaning would say that oh you're getting red pilled to those that are coming over to their side, um, and for those that go um, more aggressively left, we say they gone woke, W O K E. It's not the same thing as being awakened. So now it's like a, a whole other thing. And and I I don't even know if the if the term woke is being used properly. Uh, some say it's not. Not my point. All I know is what the um, what the general public now means by it, and everybody's kind of like gotten to an equilibrium on the understanding of what that even re uh, means. But uh, there's a lot. I can poke and prod a lot of what you just said. It's it's very loaded. Um, I would say very philosophical in nature, and in and spiritual in the direction of what you're seeking because of the connection that you're, you're talking about that binds us all is that which we cannot see but we know as as we're connected in some way now i as someone and i made uh, i was very uh, vocal about it on the critical introvert show i am a, a christian a practicing christian and in that to me uh, that connection is god so we are body soul and spirit that's the way he made us because he is of that nature he's a triune god and we're a triune uh, person so in that respect i i know what it means to search for the truth especially when i was searching for meaning myself not because 
I I was lost, dazed, or confused. No, I think there's a term for it now, a natalist or something like that. Uh, people that wish they were never born. And mm. in, there was there was an article that I read several months ago. It was the weirdest thing. It was a dude in the UK suing his parents because they didn't con- they didn't ask him for consent to be born. <laughs> I don't know how that works. All I can tell you is that he said, I love my parents, but now I'm born. But here's the thing. He, his complaint for being born was that his effects were that he was a detriment to the environment because of climate change. Now, you and I only know of what we ever exchanged about ourselves in the conversations that, uh, that, that transpired on the Critical Introvert Show. Uh, since then, it's only been arranging this meeting to happen. Right. Uh, to, to do to record this so i don't know um how aligned we are in uh in entirely on our values system or um even on let's just call it politics i hate calling it politics but uh politics even principles so we might find ourselves disagreeing or we might find ourselves that uh, we're not that far off but this is uh, a bit of a disclaimer also for uh, for the listeners because i don't know um where we're gonna go with all this but it's a discussion i like having and it doesn't matter if i agree or disagree with a person so long as they're able to, willing to sit down with someone like me to have a discussion and we're we're both wanting for the betterment of society and for us as humans in a direction uh, what solutions we can provide to one another and hopefully find a consensus instead of what's happening now in our political sphere where uh no you're either with me or you're against me you know it's like like rank and file or you're my enemy like wow it's cult it's called a yeah. cult yeah and uh 20 years ago i i told i told my english professor who wasn't teaching english but turned the class into a quite literal political um uh, like discussion because it was pre-war iraq so everybody was had something to say but instead of teaching english and literature we were busy debating the war like what does it matter what we say in this classroom? We're not Congress, but it's like, can we get back to the topic that I pay to learn? You know, mm-hmm. and now uh, campuses are, are literally what that classroom was a microcosm of what campuses are now. They're just indoctrination centers for leftist activism. And it's not, it's not a place where people actually discuss ideas in an open form as we kind of wish they would be. So having said all that, uh, where this will go, we both do not know. And I love the idea of, of touching on some of these things because I want to poke and prod and, and discuss a little further some of the things that you said um, there in your monologue because I think it's important for people to grasp and also um, I, to see where it, it, in a way, it's headed. Because um, uh, there's probably some things we could fine-tune. You're on a journey, and so am I. And I did mention that I, I was on a mission to discovery myself, but I didn't want to be born, but I'm here. So to me, um, being born and raised in a loving family and in a Christian church, uh, it's like, oh yeah, God created you because he had a purpose for you and all these things. That, I don't know what that meant because, well, I didn't ask for any of this. And now that I'm alive, I'm being told I got to live by a set rules and things according either to religiosity, if we look at it that way, or what the world says I got to do. It's like, well, I don't ask to be born, but now I got to manage my life based on how they want me to manage it. That's how I saw it. And it became annoying. So uh, my, my audience knows this now more because as I've had more of these conversations of wide ranging things, um, I discussed on, on, on an episode that uh, I opened up about my suicide attempts. I did attempt five times. I failed, obviously, because I'm still here. But that was uh, about 20 years ago now. And 
it was in one of those attempts that uh, some people will call it enlightenment and some people believe me, others don't. When I say that God told me to put the knife down and don't do it again, I have a purpose for you. And there was a reference that was made in um, in that moment that's, that spoke to only what I knew of an event that happened seven years before that nobody know, knew about. So to me, I knew that it was God speaking to the heart of me. And ever since then, it was like, all right, show me the way. And that's been my journey, you could say, 20 years later. Uh, I actually uh, delve more into the psychosis the um, and I guess the spiritual battle of it all through a romantic novel series that I created called The Many Misadventures of Enoch Bellagio. It's a lot easier to project my life through a fictional character. Uh, so I'm on book three now, which is supposed to publish this spring. People hold me accountable. So I, I, I want to finish telling that story because the third book is the catharsis of the character, but also showing the highs and the lows in the terms of discovery, the setbacks uh, on a journey and things like that because it was never easy. And it's a very lonesome journey at times. Like like you said, you you felt like you basically were alone, uh, but you were isolated in a journey from. And I'm a very big Batman guy. If you actually turn the camera around, everything I have around me is basically Batman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. one of my favorite uh, trailers is a teaser trailer to the first movie, Batman Begins, that nobody remembers about, and it's the monologue by. Harry Ducard, the one that takes Bruce Wayne under under his wing. You see, Batman Begins. I'm assuming, mm -hmm. uh, but but there's that moment where he, where it, the the trailer starts off. And it's in the movie too. But he says, "You traveled the world, but now you must journey inwards. For what you truly fear is inside you. Like whatever journey he's on, it's in here. And that's when you were saying, like, wow, we're talking Batman Begins now, because um, that's the first thing I think about. But <laughs> a, a lot of people on a road to self-discovery think it's a location when actually it's within. Because it, um, for those that are uh, for those that are watching, um, uh, I had a back-to-back -back recording session, and in the first session um, was when we were focused on help. We spoke heavily about mindset because it's all a mind game. And lo and behold, this conversation quite literally is just that. But we are bound by these forces that I'll call spiritual um, that hold us back. And sometimes we're being held back by the man in the mirror. Mm -hmm. It's us. Yep. So th that's my contribution uh, to this. So I want to I want to ask you because um, you said to a more harmonious uh, uh, humanity. But you also say uh, it's for people to become their own leaders. Don't you also see it that's a little open-ended where some people would find that their leadership clashes with the leadership ideals you might have had, where their direction of being that they could say they're already on, but clashes entirely with your worldview? Well, I just want to state that when I'm speaking about harmonious, I am talking about aligning to natural law or God's law. And that mean that means um, understanding the dynamic of, you know, the human behavior and how it's governed. And that as we take a right action into the world, it is a an action that does not cause harm to others. Right. So that is most people don't most people can't define 
what a right is, but it's that simple. It's we, as we, you know, um, as we go through this life in the physical realm and we, um, you know, if we're trying to live harmoniously, if we're trying to live peacefully, then we have to understand that there is knowledge that we can know and understand that aligns with our moral compass, which means that we know once we know that a right is an action that doesn't cause harm, then that means that um, we can we can actually also feel that, you know, just an example would be, <coughs> excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you, um, if I ask somebody, I'll, I'll ask you, is, is it a right or a wrong for, um, a, you know, a grown man to rape a little boy or girl? Well, then my response to that would be, uh, some cultures find it acceptable. No, but I'm asking you in, in, you know, like right away, would you say that is wrong or that's right? And oh, I'll say that is wrong. Obviously. Yeah. So once we understand that by the science of logic, that if we are playing by the rules and we agree, okay, it's wrong that this uh, action that this person took uh, is wrong then we under, we can understand through the apophatic method that anything that is opposed or opposite of that wrong action is a right. Okay, so it, it becomes very simple to understand um, what a right is by understanding what a wrong is. And this is very important to the question that you asked because we have to understand what a wrong is so that way we won't um, take part in it, and we also won't support it. And that is, it's a very simple thing. So if once we understand that um, these these uh, actions that go against God's law or natural law are things like uh, it can be it can be simplified on seven fingers. You have murder, you have rape, you have trespassing, you have coercion, you have assault. You have willfully lying and you have stealing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all of these seven actions are wrong actions. They are disharmony, disharmony with nature because uh, to do any of these actions is to take something from some, some from someone that doesn't belong to you, right? Mm -hmm. So as we understand this it harmonizes with it, it should harmonize with our hearts because our hearts are already uh, inherently um you know uh, uh made with the information of a moral compass so the moral compass we know right away that you know if somebody's murdering somebody it, it does something to us it, it shocks us it, it, you know, we feel it um, somebody getting raped, we feel that somebody's stealing, it's a, it's a bad energy. So this is just something that can be understood by understanding this simple, um, the simple structure. So like a right is based in truth. It's correct. 
you know, like on a math test, like if you get a wrong or right answer, it's correct. If you get a wrong answer, it's wrong. Um, so it is, it comes down to simple mathematics. So uh, our, a right is an action that is based in truth and it doesn't cause harm to other beings. Uh, if, it, if it's a wrong action, if it causes harm and takes away someone's, um, you know, sexual consent or someone's life or someone's, you know, place of dwelling or, um, you know, any of these, any, any of those seven transgressions, then it's a, it's a wrongdoing. It's, it's causing harm. It's, it's causing disharmony. So mm-hmm. as we learn the, um, you know, think about the, there's two principles that one of them is the oldest principle, which is the self-defense principle. And then there's the other principle of the non-aggression principle. And these are principles in nature that if we understand them, we'll recognize that we're already part of them. Because obviously, if someone is trying to attack you, you're going to defend yourself. If someone's attacking you verbally, you can defend yourself. So it's it's built into our nature. I mean, you look at every animal on this planet, just about every animal is... Um, is created to defend itself against other beings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're the same way because that's, you know, it's part of understanding our, our complex part of our, our brain is, is we have a survival mechanism. And then there's the non-aggression principle. And the non-aggression principle is about don't aggress upon someone else's rights. And um, don't do so because it's a, it's about understanding the golden rule do to others as you would have done to you. So, you know, or you could look at it as like, don't do to others as, as you wouldn't want done to you. So it's about understanding that if we can learn this simple knowledge, because see, the thing is people don't even, you know, most, a lot of people just don't believe in, uh, that truth even exists, um, let alone, that there's an objective difference between right and wrong, then, um, you know, if we don't understand this, uh, it's, it's because we're, we're overcomplicating everything. And that's what the ego does. The ego wants to overcomplicate everything. And so it's really simple. It's very simple when we really look at it, because look at the word, you know, uh, for instance, natural law, natural means inherent. It's not uh, made or caused by man. It's, it's, it's built into the fabric of the cosmos. And then you look at the word law. Now I'm talking about capital L law because I'm talking about the one and only law, God's law, which is the law that is fixed. Okay. It can't be changed. It's not something that can be, you know, changed by man, but see, man takes that the lowercase law and then turns it into his law. And then that's why we have all these arbitrary laws all over the world. And as we become more aware of this very simple thing, this law, this natural law, God's law, if you want to call it that, then we start to, because see knowledge of this, of this, um, of natural law, knowledge of how it works, how it operates, the effects of natural law. It's very, very empowering because what it does is it helps us take back our sovereignty. And that's what I was talking about earlier, because 
Uh, once we know this, then we recognize, okay, well, my belief in authority of man really isn't as strong as it used to be, if anything, because, mm -hmm. because as we believe in man as God, then we're missing the point or missing the yeah. point of life. And um, that's why I have taken, taken the side of truth to um, uh, live in harmony to natural law the best that I can. You know, I mean, I still can, you know, I, I know this is like a, a hard thing for people to, you know, wrap their head around when they hear someone say the word uh, slavery or, or I'm a slave. Uh, but I am a slave to a degree, and I'm still trying to break all the mind control and all the layers of conditioning that have been put into our minds for thousands of years. And to break free from that, one of the most the key principles, one of the key foundations to learn uh, to work from is natural law or God's law. And as we work from that, then we start to create a world of harmony. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's what I'm getting at with that. Yeah. And I was trying to make some notes, but uh, I don't have my tablet on me, but I'm going to make mental notes. So there's a few things that I, I want to touch on. And it's I've there is. It's God's law or natural law. The, the thing is uh, that if we say it's natural law, where it's supposed to be in nature, we have historical proof that it's not natural. It is derived from a source. And the source is well, what uh, those of us of the faith, not religion, but the faith, say God's laws, which is why I appreciate you even um, mentioning it in that way. I, I feel there's a little bit of a, um, like reluctance to say that it's from God because in the question, all right, which God? And then we can enter into a debate like, okay, well, uh, which religious perspective is more true than the other, which God is better than whatever. And, and then we can, uh, that's a different rabbit hole altogether. But uh, um, in what we're constructing here, and a lot of what you're saying touches upon, um, I guess you could say the Christian God. And a, what, a lot of the principles that you mentioned that you just kind of, I think there were about seven principles that, that you mentioned about uh, just uh, like, agreeable law in a way that is christian but once you step outside that world of those that have been say exposed to christianity or have heard of christianity or have learned about uh, judeo a christian in nature so the judeo-christian principles um that doesn't exist that's why when you ask me the question well yes me if you found me in the street and you asked me the question that you asked i would say yes of course that's wrong but that doesn't apply to the rest of the world. So in the rest of the world, you're going to come across nuanced answers or cultural, um, uh, different cultures that don't view it as wrong. So if we look at SAS in, in terms of nature, that was like, okay, nature, but they're being nurtured in a different way of that nature. And here in the, in the Americas, before there was, I guess you could say, uh, Orthodox Christianity in a way, but it was more Catholicism than anything else. Um, when they came here, there were tribes that were not exposed to, uh, I guess, the Western way of thinking. And when you see people that have uh, been, in a way, as people try to say, one in nature, cannibalism, tribalism, racism, even among themselves, um, child brides, and all that. So it's not entirely uh, natural, but for someone like if I were a Christian to say, 
yes in nature what i would mean is that as you also reference it it being god's law so i'm connecting it to that so um if we establish a direct correlation that we say when we natural law as god's provided uh, i think one of the reasons why people are, don't like making that distinction because some people already have like these defenses that go up i don't want to hear anything about god i don't want to talk about that so then the right. question becomes well how do we get them to the truth and this is a little bit of uh, something that i touched on in the conversation on during the critical introvert show because uh, as someone that has studied and learned um on things i never went to seminary school but even some seminary graduates asked me how did you learn so much i guess you could say doctrine or, or teachings it's like i studied on my own i say the grace of god he illuminated to me and i read it and i understood it that's why i know that there is a limit that's why even uh now i'm gonna get all christian here and, and start referencing things paul the apostle says when he was a child he ate as a child so he like drank milk when he grew up he started eating meat and there are people that are not ready for the meat just like uh, you have to grow out your teeth so let me feed you what you're able to digest right now and that's in essence what i was saying on that on the show where i said look if we're going to discuss truth it's where i am in in, in the truth because i believe myself to be wholeheartedly in the truth i say i can't tell you all yet there's a journey you need to take and if you're open to things and to me uh, jesus said he is the way the truth and the life then he is that path. He is the truth. It is the truth that set you free. That's why I say, I'll meet you where I am. Because the journey should technically, if they earnestly are seeking the truth, that means we will meet right here. And the people that have gone on that journey, the, uh, an earnest journey to get to the, to, to the truth of things, found themselves where I am, not through my church, not through me speaking to them or whatever. They went on their own journey to Oh, inward, if you if you will, to find the truth, and they found God. And next thing I know, now I'm breaking bread with them. It's like, hey, you're a believer. That is uh, something that's transpired. I believe in a way that's what you would like for humanity to get. But we're we're trying to, I guess, separate in a way what is religion, where people would view as religion, because the world we let the world define what Christianity is. We let them define what God is, um, and people would then take moments in their lives and attribute blame to god when god had nothing to do with it um but when there's a glory to be had that should be to god they'll never give thanks to him but if it's bad it has to be god's fault because he let it happen it's like well last i checked you didn't say thank god when something good happened so it's it's an unfair trade-off but that's the way the world works because uh we have we have this chasm of separation that happens and um, I'll ask you what you also mean about certain things in, in terms of like uh, conditioning, mind control and things like that. Cause I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that. But, um, uh, to me, it's also what I do know for a fact, our human nature is animalistic in nature and it's not for the better of our counterparts. For those of us that grow in a society that have values and principles to bestow on the next generation. Yes. My child don't do that. I'm a father of three, fourth on the way. And I see what they do. Like, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. They didn't listen. They got hurt. But had they had not had a father figure or, a, or any parental figure whatsoever, would they have learned those things? Would they have learned to, to walk on their own? Would it be that quick? Would they learn to even speak in the common language if they were never exposed to it? We don't know. That, that means there has to be some kind of guidance there, guidance principles. 
And right. I know that there are other philosophies, there are other teachings out there that 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 claim to to be uh, arbiters of truth, even though I'll strongly disagree with them. But what we can agree is this: it is beyond man. That's what we all agree that it's beyond man. And the search is well, then who is this strange supreme being that we feel is there? And in terms of uh, of my faith and belief, it well that would be Jehovah God, where others would attribute something else. But um, I, I think that's, that's I, I feel that, uh, um, I guess for, for those of my listeners, I would, would be my moral clarity to give them because the morality doesn't come from within when we have generations of history of man versus man without God being at the center and how things change, I guess you say domesticated, uh, and that that would then happen, but um, well, I'll let you respond to what I said. Well, yeah, okay. So let me just be a little bit more clear because I definitely should have been. When I speak of God or the ineffable name, then I am speaking of the intelligent fabric of the whole universe. I'm talking about the the creator of all creation. That's that's what I'm actually really getting at. And, you know, when I, when I speak of God's law, I'm talking about the creator who put the laws in place for us to discover and live by. Mm -hmm. And the way that I understand it is the, the, the transgressions and the principles that I have laid out are a, a level and a level like if you you know think of the tool the level mm -hmm. the level is where we meet in nature all of us so and that's what i understand i understand that we meet on the level and so to meet on the level means that okay regardless of what how you understand the ineffable name or god um you know the creator um however you understand uh, whatever religion or faith or non-religion, whatever it is, whatever belief system, um, we can meet on the level because if we understand these principles, if we understand that, um, you know, the transgressions, the things that cause harm in this world, then we can, um, we can actually harmonize by just having the knowledge and acting upon it. So whether, you know, the religion says one thing or another, that's the other thing I wanted to say is that we have to understand that, um, you know, just because a, um, you know, a, a religion or, a, a you know, a, a religion in another country believes in morality a different way, uh, or truth a different way, that, that, the question has to then be, does that change the truth? Does it change what the truth actually is? Because um, to arrive at the truth is to, um, it, it's, it's not that, we'll, I don't believe that we'll ever get to the, um, the truth in this physical form. But what I do believe is that we can get as close to the truth as possible 
because we um, that's that's where we become more uh, um, we, we we gain more clarity on reality. And so, if for instance, if you're my neighbor, and I um, you know I don't know anything about you, and you're um, you know, uh, we, we don't really, we don't know each other. Well, you know, I don't know what your beliefs are. You don't know what my beliefs are, but if we are aligned in, uh, morality, if we're aligned in the actual, you know, um, understanding of the actual actions that we take into manifestation, then we will, it doesn't matter what our beliefs and religion are. Um, as long as we are being, you know, respectful of each other's space and not stealing from taking from each other and, uh, you know, not um, allowing our emotions and uh, lower parts to run and dictate our our mind. And and, you know, that's why so many people are so lost because they don't have they haven't taken the time in themselves to raise themselves to a higher uh, degree of consciousness to recognize that, oh, um, I can actually, uh, instead of physically being violent, I can actually have an intellectual conversation because I'm using my higher order thinking, you know, and that's, that's what the, you know, the, uh, the hemispheres of the brain actually can help us understand because as we study the, the hemispheres of the brain, we can activate um, you know, this is this is what makes us human because um, this is part of the brain that we use reason from, and this is part of the brain where we can actually get to understanding these higher uh, um, uh, parts of of knowledge, such as conscience. You know, con you know, most people don't understand that having a conscience means to uh, it's it's a, it's a having the knowledge of morality to take right action in the world to not cause or support harm onto others you know so you can it's, it's about the free will choice to choose right action over wrong action because you understand it because you know um but to be ignorant of that is to uh to to live in ignorance and keep uh not only causing harm but supporting harm and not really even knowing that you're doing it and so this is, you know, it's a dilemma. It's a dilemma because, uh, you know, most people um, are stuck in their religious ways. They're not seeing that, hey, uh, regardless of what your God is or, you know, what your religion or faith is, um, if we don't meet on the level, then we're always going to bump heads because, you know, I'm sure you understand that, you know, if, um, you know, like look all through history. If, uh, you know, if the, these people didn't join the faith of, you know, Christianity, they were, they were killed. If you, if you didn't join the, the faith of the atheists, you were slot, people were slaughtered. Look at communist Russia and China. So it's like, yeah, right. in Islam, that's exactly it. So yeah, I didn't want, I didn't mean to leave that out, but you, you get the point that, you know, we can become, brainwashed in these uh these institutions because that's what i'm speaking about i'm speaking about yeah. the institutions not the actual 
you know, I'm not talking about actual the uh, actual uh, teachings, right? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the institutionalized religions and how it gets people to believe a certain thing, and that's what that's where politics comes in place. So it's a it's a it's a big it's a big dilemma. But at the same time, if we can agree on those transgressions, if we can agree on the principles. It, but that's the other thing. It doesn't matter whether we agree on them or not. They're still true in nature because, uh, I, like, in, anybody in their right mind would never say, uh, oh, yeah, you can just, you know, uh, totally beat me up and shoot me in the head and I don't care. Um, you know, I mean, there might be some masochists out there who might be into that. But, like, but most uh, people do not want to just allow someone to harm them. And that's because it's inherent in our nature. And when I say inherent, I'm talking about built into the fabric of nature, built into the fabric of our being, built into the fabric of the cosmos. Because, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, because uh, I can't say I'm entirely familiar with it, but it, it's, is it safe to say it's like pantheism? Um, what you mean? Uh, the belief system as you're describing it because it's like uh, god is weaved into into the universe basically right uh remind me of pantheism but my brain um i'll, the... I'll pull up the definition right here a, a doctrine which identifies god with the universe or regards the universe as a manifestation of god right right yeah yeah it's a more pantheist you're right it's a more pantheistic um idea um you know there's more to it than that um, but it's it, but it, the point is, is that, like I said, it's about understanding that um, there's nothing new under the sun, and therefore everything is, you know, these these principles that I'm talking about are discoverable, but they're discoverable through the individual. They're not, you know, it's not uh, granted by man. It's not something that man can say, like me, like me telling you these things right now, me telling you, um, you know, the action that causes harm, uh, me telling you, you know, self-defense principle and all this has nothing to do with me granting that um, as a right to anyone. I, I can't grant rights because I'm a man. Man doesn't grant rights. Only the creator whatever the being is, the supreme being that created this whole universe has laid into place for us to align to. That's that's what I'm really getting to. And I could definitely go off on a lot on that uh, in, in a good way, because it's. Uh, I think we're along the, the same path. We are. We. I'm describing a lot of what you understand in a different way. I swear that's what it is. And so, yeah, because I'm trying, like me, I'm trying to describe it the way that I have arrived at it, and you are describing it in the way that you understand it. So, it that's what causes like a little bit of, uh, it, you know, well, friction. And, and not it, and it's not friction. I, I would well, say not it, bad friction, but you know, just like friction in the mind. Like, oh wow, okay, uh, this. I don't know if I agree with this, but you know, I I could argue this. You know what I mean? the understanding that you're reaching is a place where i find myself in and like and it feels like well he's heading in this direction which is why i'm not saying hey accept christ as a personal savior nope i'm not doing any of that it's like that's a choice you make willingly 
And if this yeah. is where you find the answer, there's a lot of stuff that you say is like, well, all oh, that sounds biblical to me. Um, then, hey, I'll find you here. But it's it really is. I like all- that. I like that. Uh, I'll find you here. That's that's so cool, man. I love that. Yeah, because it's, it's, what, it's, it's what you're looking for, too. And I'm like, yes, I, I and I totally want that for humanity as well. But I also know that not everyone will, because we have seen the behavior of some people. I think I want nothing to do with it. They want right. to they want to keep doing what they're going to do and not get out of the comfort zone. But for everyone else, it's like because I understand what it means to be coerced into an into a decision that I didn't want to make. And it's like, and you don't appreciate it. And when I graduated from high school, I hated school, so I didn't go to college, at least not immediately. And my family, who um, I'm first generation American, they don't even one of my mom didn't know what high school even was because she didn't get a chance to set foot in it. And my father couldn't even finish it because they, uh, they each in, in, uh, through their own paths fled to the United States as political refugees because of what was transpiring with the, first there was the war with Honduras uh, in El Salvador after the infamous qualifying soccer match for the World Series, uh, the World Cup. And they ended up ma- uh, mass- a massacre of Salvadorians at the stadium. Wow. And, and then after that, it was the bloody civil war of communism uh, setting a foot in El Salvador. Um, and that's how my parents ended up over here. They didn't know each other, but they, they met in Los Angeles and they got married and lo and behold, here I am. But with the, oh man, I, I was losing my, uh, my, my train of thought there. Um, dude, I had a good train of thought. <laughs> you were talking about El Salvador having the bloody... Uh, well, yeah, they had they had a bloody civil war and and made themselves uh, their ways over here. But uh, I think I, I was trying to correlate to, um, to to I guess how how I came to be and and be coerced into something that I didn't appreciate. Right. I guess that was college. So they didn't get to ever even see a diploma. So they were yeah let down when I chose not to go to college. They were paying for it or whatever. It's like I'm not gonna go. I didn't want to be in school. So why would I voluntarily go back to school and have to pay for it? No, one year later I did, but I did it out of my own accord. And when I graduated from Cal State uh, Fullerton you know, here in California, a uh, business degree, uh, at my graduation speech, uh, I, I did I did this whole thing out of a business. All right, God, I'm going to do this, but I, I'm not doing it for myself. That's that's also a, a, a Christian attitude. It's not about me. It's about someone else. So when I graduate at my graduation speech before um, people, I told them here. This diploma says Andres Alfonso Segovia, but it, to me, it'll always read Jose Alfonso y Maribel Argueta Segovia. It's not for me. It's for them. I did it for them. And if I go for my master's, which that window has closed, that'll be for me. What became for me is my show. The Andres Segovia show is what I did for me. It's like, yeah, because that's what I wanted to do for, for, for schooling. Uh, and instead, um, it wasn't automotive engineering. It wasn't film, radio, or television. Uh, it, it turned out to be... Um, the business world that I so despise, but I'm so good at. <laughs> like I know how to do it, but I don't have fun doing it. Um, but a weight of relief has been uh, the Andre Segovia show. But that that is that is all to say. That's why I don't I don't push or force anybody. In fact, uh, as I'm a circ- I was a circuit preacher, so it, it's not like you're just talking to like just some other Christian church member. No, actively involved in ministry, going to different churches and being invited to speak, even small groups and things like that. I've been invited, but I haven't gone yet uh, to to a juvenile hall out of state. And like, I if I'm, if I'm in the area, I would love to speak there. You know, it's, so this is the kind of person that you're that you're conversing with, and yet only one person 
have I ever done what is called the altar call? Would you accept Christ as your personal savior? And that was to my own daughter. And that wasn't something that, that, that just came like, because I'm going to ask her now. No, I saw some things that she was doing, a journey, self-discovery, things that she was saying on her own. And then she asked my, uh, my wife, she said she wanted to get baptized. And when, and then she told me, so then I'm like, oh, she's, I could have just ruled it out. I was like, eh, you're young. What do you know? No, I tested her. I had a family dinner setting and just off guard. I asked her, it's like, Hey, Mija, uh, you brought this up. What made you bring that up? And I just started questioning her line of thinking. And at the very end, we had a quite a lengthy conversation, nine year old, man. She was eight at the time. Actually, she's nine now. And after she made this, she was thinking at a way higher level. I told, I told my wife, like, honey, she's is smarter than her peers. She's very mature. She loves reading. She's buried in books. She enjoys books as much as TV or even more so. She's really arts and crafty. So as I, as I interviewed her at the very end, I told her, Miha, I am going to let everyone know that on this date, you're going to get baptized. But before I can do that, I need to ask you a question. That was the altar call. And we pray and this and that, that's, that's some people will say it's a very religious thing. No, that's a, that's a very traditional thing that's done in Christendom. And in all my years, that's been the only one. And it was recent. That's why I don't impose or do anything with other people. Cause I know what it's like to be coerced. If it's really coming from here, then awesome. And if you ever come across questions, especially when it comes to the Christendom itself, you got my contact information. I'm game to have these conversations with you because they are enlightening. And I think they should be had. I don't think Christians should be shying away. Like, oh, he's not even talking directly about Christianity. Maybe he's pantheistic. It's like, well, at least I know he's talking about it because I talked to other ones that claim to be Christian that are teaching false things. I rather what Nate is saying instead of the one disguise that people like me, but are lying to people. Charlatans. Yes. And the thing is there's other denominations that claim to be Christian that teach an entirely different thing that yeah. is Christian. Yeah. And those are the ones that I told you that almost converted me because like, well, I don't know why I'm supposed to believe what I believe. And now I'm like, Oh man, that was the opposite of what I believe, but it sounds like it makes sense. But here's, here's the real kicker. I don't, I don't want to mention, I'll tell you off the air what it is, but they are not allowed free thought and everything flows from a singular source from people they have never seen of this governance board. And I'll tell you what that is after, but um it's i i think you're 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 on the right path and that's why i say you're welcome to, to contact me to continue discussions we gone for an hour 14 we didn't even touch on the title issues that's okay because this is yeah. this is important and i think it's yeah. people that are watching or listening um can find us important and i think um just to make sure we have to wrap up here um, you're going to be launching your own show with respects to this, I think, right? Well, actually, I have already launched it. Um, oh. and, and, and so, it, you know, and not too many people know about it because I really haven't. I, I wouldn't say that I'm the best at uh, advertising myself. Uh, but, you know, maybe as I get more episodes, I'll, I'll try to, um, you know, reach more people with the information. But if you are looking to, you know, understand or look into the ways in which we can learn to think and uh, uh, learn how to learn and communicate better, 
Um, you know, that's something that I'm actually teaching right now in the beginning shows. I also get into the philosophy of science and I get into consciousness and mind control. And um, I'm actually trying to help people understand the power of understanding symbolism. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's so much that I cover, but my show is called Outcasting. Um, and, and the subtitle is Bits of Science Towards Freedom, because that's what I'm about. I'm trying to uh, lay out little, uh, you know, bits of information that I've come to know and understand very deeply and know that these little parts are digestible for a lot of people. And then I have my own podcast called Cubbyhole, which I do with... Um, my my family actually uh brandon and douglas martin and um they helped me with this podcast because during the the whole scamdemic thing um i felt the need to start something to really get this information out and so i was really it if you know it was a rush effort but it was more of like okay, I know that these people think alike like me. So I'm going to have them on and we're going to really like ramp this information up and really push it out there for people. So I got up to 53 episodes so far. And I talk about just about anything you can think of, especially with um, understanding, you know, what's what's going on between our two ears. And outcasting is just me kind of going out by myself and um, you know, hopefully fishing people in uh, to get them interested in these bigger concepts. And, you know, I'm very transparent about that because uh, I, I'm doing everything I can to reach people. I, but like you said, I'm not trying to force anything on anybody. I'm just putting out information the best that I can and in hopes that it inspires people to want to better themselves and become uh, you know, more aware of what's actually taking place in the world. And so, um, yeah, I'm also on Telegram so under outca- Outcasting with Nate Cap, and I just get on there and blog and post my weekly videos. And, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's where you can find me, find my information. And for those listening to this episode, even watching it, you know the drill, you can – Find all the links to his social medias and podcasts available at the show notes company's episode at www.thegendersegova.com. Nate, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Andrew Segova Show. I would love to have you on so we can dive deep into explaining what is happening with our society uh, one of these days. But until then, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Andres. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, I, it really is so awesome to be on a show with someone who might have, you know, I mean, obviously you have different views than I do, but you're very adult. And I always appreciate an adult who actually wants to have a real conversation. So I really appreciate that. I'm glad because so do I treat others the way you want to be treated. For sure. That's right. <laughs> Th- thanks a lot, Nate. See you on the next one, everyone.